Okay, so this is our double live episode from Omaha, Nebraska, but we're releasing it all at one time. So pace yourself, for God's sake. You know, listen to part of it this week, and then next week, listen to it backwards and sideways. Uh, We'll have a new episode for you on August 12th. Uh, Also, if you want to see us live, we're doing one more show this summer, and it's tomorrow night at the American Comedy Club in San Diego. Stand-up starts at 8 p.m., and the podcast is to follow. So bring a pinata. See you there. Now entering Nerdist.com. Answering the questions you don't have. Deep conversations in the shallow end. Two men with lots of ideas and less than an hour. Intelligent-ish. This is Cashing In with T.J. Miller. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, we're here to discuss the innocence of my client, T.J. Miller. As his counsel, I've already admitted that T.J. Miller did steal the largest woolly mammoth fossil in North American history which happens to have been in the museum right here in the great state of Nebraska. But I contend that my client is innocent of premeditated fossil theft, that this entire trial has been one big birdbath conversation. (laughs) A complete waste of our time. You've heard the facts. We know T.J. Miller grabbed that fossil with his giant, frequently large cantaloupe hands. (laughs) What we're here to determine is why he did it and try to get an answer as to where that woolly mammoth fossil is now. I contend that T.J. Miller's theft was not premeditated, that this was simply an act of museum courage. (laughs) I realize this trial has endured a bit of controversy, that some people believe it was unfair for me to request a a 12-and-a-half-person jury. But I contend that some juries fall short and that that half a person will come in handy at some point during this trial. And those that say this jury was just hand-picked fans of cashing in with T.J. Miller, I'm insulted at that insinuation. I did not intentionally flimsy up the numbers. There's a half a person in this jury, and I will not see that person insulted. We are only as good as our half. Think about that. (laughs) This whole trial's gone on too long. The prosecution's been honey-sticking the witness. The judge's been giving my client the stink eye the entire trial, even after he was politely asked to Febreze his peepers. This has been a travesty. And I say we move on. I say, if we stay here, the party dies. I had a bunch of guest experts and witnesses promising to take the stand, but none of them have been willing to come. For some reason, my guests continue to cancel on me. Most of them claim they had other trials to attend, except for one witness didn't cancel. And that's all I'm going to need. Checkmate. Yahtzee. I now call to the stand the defendant, T.J. Miller. (laughs) (laughs) I've never 
ever been to a trial where they applaud when the witness comes up? This is a really loving jury. Also, there was a beer near the bailiff that I kicked over. All right. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. What were you doing with that woolly mammoth fossil? Well, first of all, I want to state as a witness, and this sounds good, I want to state as a witness that uh, I was not the least bit surprised to see that uh, no one in here knew that Nebraska is home to the largest woolly mammoth. Yeah, when I ran this idea by TJ, he was like, do you really think anybody knows? And Cash said, it doesn't matter. They'll certainly think it's hilarious either way. And he was proved correct was... with your utter silence. Silence, yeah. I just, it was like, a, I, I had to do it, though. Once I, I said, I, I looked up, I said, what's interesting about Nebraska? And to me, that stood out. And you the know largest what? woolly mammoth fossil in history. Now, I didn't think you'd know, but I didn't care. A lot that of was an abusive opening sequence. In a fact, lot, I say we start over. No, a lot, a lot of people don't know this, but when you Google most interesting thing in Nebraska, Google says, didn't you mean Iowa? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Some people here are from Iowa, though, so I thought I would... Ladies and gentlemen of the jury... <laughs> Uh, I would like to start by pleading my case by saying that many people do not know what museum courage is, and that is the courage to get as close as possible to the painting or the mammoth skull. Is it a mammoth skull or a jaw? It's it's a it's I don't it's a fossil, so it's a bone. We don't know which bone it is. It's just the largest woolly mammoth it's a bone. bone. It might be. Is that what it's? And that's actually that's what it said. And that's why I leaned in so close. Because it said, largest woolly mammoth bone, parenthetical, we're not sure which one. <laughs> but it is the most interesting thing uh, about Nebraska.com. And then it <laughs> was the end of the parenthetical. And um, so I leaned very close to see, twas it a jaw, twas it a femur, twas it a skull, twas it not of a woolly mammoth at all, but of a completely bald mammoth. And those hairless mammoths are very hard to find. I'll be honest with you. I'm not even sure they exist, but there was no hair on this fossil. So I leaned in, and once I was close enough, I just grabbed it. I wanted to touch it and hold it and know what it was like. And I did, and then a museum guard came over and said, Hey, have you seen Night at the Museum? And I said, Ah! And I ran away. I don't think he was mad that I took it. He just more wanted to know if I had seen the Ben Stiller film, Night at the Museum. Uh, so looking back, I probably could have hung around. But that, that is what happened. It was neither premeditated nor malicious. Well, I fully intend to return the woolly mammoth bone fossil as soon as I find out where I put it. You lost the woolly well, mammoth fossil? Well, I think it's in my pants from last night, but I can't find those. So I checked all my new pants, and I didn't put in any of those. Woolly mammoth fossil. Always the last place you looked. You know, I, I, it's kind of... I felt that deserved more. I, <laughs> I, I don't get to talk very often during these live shows, and I, I felt I deserved more on that. Uh, by the way, we're doing the entire show in uh, black and white. And, uh, uh, but, you know, this is sort of... Uh, uh, 
life imitating art because I ran by this fossil idea by you. Uh, you hated the idea. You did run uh, by it. I by ran me. it. I ran yeah. by it. He had, I actually, he had I, given, I run, run the, the ideas idea, by him, and then you ran past. It's really more the of a, idea. It's a rhyming run, and I, <laughs> I usually rhyme my ideas as I run by him as quickly as I can. And TJ goes, "No, that's not going to work." But this time, you said, "Well, maybe I should make it so. I should make it true." And so you actually stole the fossil after I ran the opening idea by you. And that is true. And, and that's how dedicated TJ is to his art. Because he wanted the, the podcast to be no, true. No, no, I just want a single clap and I got it. And I appreciate that. It's All the, I wanted was one man in the back who I think actually wasn't even clapping. He just had something sticky on both his hands. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> no, he was. That's off of me. He was exploring. He was like, my hands, they're like tambourines. <laughs> I never noticed that. That's what they call the Brubaker clap. That's the first movie that happened. Really? It's where one person movie. stands up, it was Robert Redford, and he claps, and then other people start clapping. Would you rather have tambourine hands or cantaloupe hands? Well, I think tambourine hands would be better for me. Since More useful. you already have cantaloupe hands, and, and you're known for it. A lot of people it. don't know this, but people, they say my hands are just about exactly the size of a cantaloupe. And I can palm cantaloupes if ever it, there's a time that calls for that. Yeah, but we, which has yet to happen. But we we all can palm cantaloupes. Not everybody. <laughs> In fact, I have viciously made fun of a few toddlers that tried to pick up cantaloupes and weren't able to, and I just call That's them true. little teeny tiny small hand toddlers. Well, the half a person is shit. The half Get of out of my garage! <laughs> Ever heard of it? <laughs> the half a person can't uh, palm a cantaloupe. Certainly not. I mean, it's, as, I don't know if a lot of you know this, but uh, we have 12 and a half listeners, and that half person, we've decided, is really just a lower torso <laughs> with ears where the belt loops would be on either side of the hips. You know, I, I was thinking about it a different way, and I haven't even told you this. I, I, there's a possibility... Uh, we just have uh, 11, that, the one, that there's actually a one and a half listener. That there's one person that's, it's not a half, one person is actually one and a half people. It's hard to say that because you wouldn't say. Everyone tries to say, I'm the half a person. Everyone tries to, everyone we've met who listens to our show is like, I'm the half person. Literally every the, single person. Everyone. All 12 All people 12 and a half. say they're the half. Everyone wants to claim the half. Maybe there's somebody that's two and a half people. But it doesn't. Maybe work, we only have ten listeners. It doesn't work to say uh, we, there are ten and two halves of a person. It just becomes too complicated. So we've made the fraction twelve and a half, and actually we haven't. You guys have, and we're so excited that all twelve and a half people are here. We can't see the half person. I think they're behind that sort of barrier there, uh, which will be very descriptive to those listeners at home. Uh, but then all of you that came that are new, we appreciate you being here. Obviously, you can't be fans of the show because there's no more room. <laughs> but you can stay here and imagine what it would be like if you could. And let me tell you from experience, it would be a lot better, smoother, and more productive life. Yeah, we've, we've improved a lot of lives. Uh, you know, we've, we've ruined a, a life here and there. We change people's lives every podcast and every 10th you know, every 10th podcast, we ruin a life. We ruin uh, one person's life. But every podcast, we change some lives for the better. Uh, mm-hmm. We've, you know, uh, rule number one. How did you know it was a fossil? We found that in a lot of Sean Connery movies, 
he will say uh, there's rule, like a rule number one, and then it'll be a question, which doesn't make any sense at all. And it's, it's really useful because I do a fantastic uh, Sean Connery Yeah, impression. let's hear it. Here, do it again. Yeah. Rule number one. How do I know you're not a cop? To, to be fair, his Sean Connery has just gotten out of the dentist. <laughs> and has had enough Novocaine to, to make him seem like he's developmentally challenged just from the shoulders up. <laughs> Which is something I've been entertaining recently is... Uh, this is terrible, and I, I actually, as I brought it up, I wish that I hadn't. But now that I've talked too much about it. But I found one of the most effective and confusing insults as of late is uh, that guy, it's like he has Down syndrome without any of the benefits. <laughs> because there are benefits, and I don't think people talk about that enough. It's not the worst thing in the world, you know? Many of those people will never feel the sorrow or sadness that all of us experience on a daily basis. Yeah, think about that. Maybe, maybe you should wonder if not having Down syndrome is kind of the fucking bum deal in that respect. <laughs> what, what are some of the, uh, uh, the benefits? I think all of them are cute. <laughs> I think many people who are, don't have Down syndrome are ugly. And I think all Down syndrome people are, uh, you know, they're cute or they're super fucking hot. I've seen... <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not really a laugh point in the podcast. That's more of a truthful thing that I... Oh, you've never seen someone with Down syndrome that you've been like, yeah. That would have been a funny time for the Brubaker clap. Yeah. Just one person stands up. Just one single person clapping slowly. Yeah, and I've, you know, there's always a good pickup line, you know? You know, are you down to get down syndrome? (laughs) Sorry. Again, I'm not making fun of people with Down syndrome, but you're laughing like I am, which implies that you're making fun of them, and I'm really disappointed in all of you. I'm enjoying my time here in Nebraska working with you. I've I've been working with uh, T.J. Miller here at the uh, Funny Bone in Omaha, and it's fun working with a celebrity. It's fun working with a celebrity. Uh, You you get a lot of nice comments. People come up and say things like, uh, you'll get there. Did somebody really say that to you this yeah. time? Somebody said that this week? Yeah, you'll get there. What is that about? Also That's... because Cash has been killing so hard that it's difficult for me to follow him because he's a headliner <laughs> in his own right. So that's an even weirder thing that they really enjoyed your show, but at the end of it they're like, you'll get there. Well, maybe get was where? Pretty... What do you mean? We're all right here. Well, I was walking uh, to a Conoco station. <laughs> oh, and he was like, you'll get... And they yelled it out the window, but I, I blamed it on you. Well, I was the one that encouraged those developers to put the Conoco station so far away from the funny bone. And that effectively was the longest I've ever reached to try and justify something that we've said <laughs> to no avail. I mean, it was... That's, you know, that's the key to improv. You're supposed to take any uh, suggestion. And you, you really took that all the way. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're, we're about... It's less about yes and, you know, affirming something and yeah. adding information for us as it is for sort of yes, and here's how you mispronounce that last sentence and words. <laughs> it's yes, and why did you say that in the first place? Yes, that's exactly right. See, and, you just did it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why did you... You know what I'd like to do? I don't know if you guys are familiar with the uh, format of the show. We, 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 strict, we stick to a very uh, tight format. <laughs> we strip uh, to a very we, tight we, format. We strip to it. 
As far as the format goes, I'll each, take off my shirt. Each segment I, we take I have off. A very strict format. Yeah, each, each yeah. segment we take off uh, one of our pieces, a piece of our clothing. A police of our clothing. A police. <laughs> each Which segment, is, yeah, that's... we take a policeman <laughs> and we make them uh, take off a piece of our clothing. A lot of people here can't see this, but Cash and I are both wearing outfits entirely composed of police officers. <laughs> it's a strip segment, and we're very strict uh, with our stripping. Uh, but we stick to it very closely. And I, if you haven't heard the show, uh, you could set a clock to uh, this next segment. I mean, we, it's, it's, um, well, it's a segment called the uh, Triple, Triple Banger, Banger Lightning, Lightning Round. Lightning round. Uh, uh, Triple Banger Lightning Round. Oh, you guys thought this wasn't going to be professional? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been rehearsing for weeks. Yeah. I mean, it was, we're rehearsing. We're in a production of Chorus Line. But also, we thought about the podcast for a full 20 minutes before we came up here. Triple banger lightning round, question one. Question one. Uh. Igloos. Not enough closet space? I mean, in many ways, an igloo is just a frozen closet. An igloo is the snow. I like that it's always a fridge, really. You know, it's, it's both where you live and also where you can cool your drinks. That is true. No one in an igloo is ever... But see, then it creates a big problem if you want to make hot cider. You only got about 45 seconds before that <laughs> turns into that sweet, sweet cold cider. Have you, ever, have you ever entered an establishment and ordered a cold cider? I, I have not. I have not. I would like a cold, cold winter cider, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, igloos, I mean, it's a studio apartment for Inuits, you know? Yeah. Because it's just, there's no, like, three-bedroom igloos. No, there's no giant igloos. Um, it, how do you know if your roof is leaking uh, <laughs> in an igloo? I, I don't even know how you'd know. It, you know, you got to go fix the roof, but you don't know if it's just melting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If the roof With global warming leak, in particular, you don't know. If the roof starts to leak, then you know it's sunny outside. But a lot of igloos, I don't know, I think there is a point when... A two- or three-bedroom igloo, at some point an igloo ceases to be an igloo and it becomes an ice castle. Hmm, when is that point? We might need to draw a chart. Yeah, but there's also an aspect of it that is an igloo. Once it becomes an ice castle, does it require a moat? And is it okay if the moat is frozen? (laughs) And if that's the case, then is it even a moat or is it just a slippery barrier that you can easily get across? Because a frozen moat actually increases the ability to get across it. A moat is supposed to make it take longer and for it to be harder. Right. A frozen, a frozen moat, moat, you can you just can slide across it. that. You can get a trash can lid and just get over there. You can take it off. Sometimes, you know, recently I took a trash can lid off of what I thought it was a trash can, but it was actually Nancy Grace's head. Because <laughs> her face looks like a trash can fucked another trash can <laughs> is what I've found well you that know the first, the first perpetuator she perpetuates a culture of fear I'm I had sorry, no idea you, you, you felt that way about her I do uh, you, you know, know when I, we started the show I don't, for those of you who haven't listened uh, I said I, I don't want to do a show where we you know criticize celebrities or really talk about pop culture or anything like that uh, I don't want to be negative uh, except for uh, Nancy Grace <laughs> I think we should be as mean-spirited and cruel to her as possible because she, yeah. she's an evil, broken husk of a person. And, just a single... <laughs> Someone just... There's the Brubaker clap. 
<laughs> of course, the Brudecker guy has more of a beard than a face. He looks like, look. he looks like uh, Maytay from Coming Out of the Wilderness. He looks like Bigfoot. He's a we, Swiss Family Robinson look. <laughs> the, the only reason that I, you know, we vehemently make fun of Nancy Grace so much is that she perpetuates this culture of fear and really she feeds preys on, on... She feeds on the sadness of people. Yeah, yeah, and she sort of... She wants to make you scared, and she's very opinionated, and I don't know. I mean, I had a conversation with her. I was lucky enough. Um, <laughs> uh, as you know, I am a pseudo-celebrity. I was in the major motion picture Yogi Bear 3D. <laughs> Not something to laugh at at all. And don't try and brew-bake this thing. That clap was a, a brew half-baked clap. <laughs> a um, half-baker. Half, <laughs> we call that a brew half-baker. Um, but, you know, I, 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 so I, I do run in some circles in uh, Hollywood, and I was able to have about a 45-minute conversation with her. And I got to tell you, throughout that conversation, I found her to be polite. She didn't interrupt me. She actually hardly talked. She was a great listener. But right at the end of 45 minutes, I realized that uh, I wasn't even talking to uh, a pug, which is a dog. Uh, I was actually talking to the, the rear end of a pug. So it wasn't it, her at all. It wasn't even Nancy no. Grace. And that's a mistake a lot of people make. It was a pug made. dog's asshole. Yeah. You were telling a story to a pug's dog's asshole. A pug's dog's asshole. So that's, that's a pug that owns a dog, a smaller dog. That is his dog, and I was talking into that dog's anus. I'll bet there's a lot of pug dogs assholes that have that experience, that don't even like being that because people think they're Nancy Grace. Yeah, from the back. People stop them, tell them stories. Yeah, I asked for an autograph. They'd probably rather be golden retrievers. Yeah, I, I asked for an autograph of what I thought, you know, would be from Nancy Grace, and it just shit came out of her mouth. All over the piece of paper. And I actually sold that on eBay for... I had to pay somebody to take it. So I don't know how to top that. I, uh, there's no topping it. There's it's no a topping real anything. story it's from real. my life. It's real. It's, uh, Ever heard of it? So, so we don't love Nancy Grace. For those of you that are listening for the first time, she's not our favorite person. But uh, uh, we, do, we do love igloos. Good segue there. <laughs> I'm not done with the igloo idea. I wanted to just say, you're talking about the moat around the... It wouldn't be an igloo, it's an ice castle. I think, yeah, at that point it becomes an ice castle. Where the and moat boy, becomes better, something you can skate on, and that's yeah. where people learn to skate. Well, don't you think it, it is much better to own... An ice castle sounds so cool. Yeah. And an igloo, igloo. is kind of budget. Yeah. yeah. I, I just... I feel sorry. You know, if you have your house burned down... You know, you feel bad, but people give you sympathy. And you're like, you know, Bob, sorry, your house burned down. But igloos, Bob, I heard your house, heard your igloo melted. It's not quite as, it it's as, not quite as dramatic. Yeah, it's hard to go, oh, I'm so sorry, I lost everything. My house melted last week. People are like, what was it made of? Ice? Well, <laughs> probably shouldn't live in a climate uh, that's conducive to that, you know? Triple banger lightning round. Question two. Question two. two. Question two. Uh, Sequels for children on uh, children of the corn. These are the best sequels for children of the corn because we are in the uh, corn husker. Yeah, Nebraska's a Nebraska. corn husking mammoth fossil <laughs> touting state. Is anyone from here? I I'm starting to feel like you guys just drove in and you're like, what are they? 
What are they talking about with these fossils? You guys traveled from California, didn't you? But uh, the husk, yeah. We can these ask the, it up. Uh, I, so the, these are the, the sequels best sequels for children, for children of, of the, the corn. Because yeah. after this, you did mention that you had some sequels for children on the corn. So if you don't have those, I have a couple of sequel possibilities for children on the corn. Okay. Here's the sequels for children of the corn. Uh, these are the possibilities. Look who's stalking. Husks of Fury. And that's uh, Bruce Willis would uh, be in that. He would provide some of the corn voices. Uh, so in that one, the corn is talking. Yes. Look who's stalking. <laughs> Husks of Fury. That's number one. Second one. Children of the Corn 2. Ears wide shut. That's, that's the front runner. So far? You like that one? I do. Okay. Children of the Cream Corn. No bib required. <laughs> Isn't that exactly the instance when you would need a bib? Hmm. Yeah, because, you know, I had another tag. It was going to be, it's about to get messy. I like that. That makes more yeah, sense. Yeah, I like that. That Children makes more sense. Children of the sense. cream corn, it's about to yeah. get messy. Yeah, and the last one, Children on the Cob. Salty Butterface. <laughs> yeah, I like that one the best. That is Children the on clear the winner. Yeah. Yeah. Salty Butterface. Salty Butter. I used to call Nancy Grace that <laughs> after I would slather her face in butter and just throw salt in her eyes, which I thought would banish her to the nether regions from which she came. But she has yet to return as she is doing the devil's handiwork every morning and every night. <laughs> Uh, okay, so okay, here are a couple so you're, of... You're, yeah. you're going Children on the Cob. So this is, now, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And I wanted to offer you a couple of two sequel ideas for Children on the Corn, which okay. is what you said okay. earlier. Okay. First one is uh, Children Under the Corn. Are they dead? <laughs> Maybe they've been buried. And if so, there's no reason to fear them. See, that, that seems kind of wordy. It does. Okay, all right. How about uh, children all over the corn? They've been sliced and diced and spread all over the corn as fertilizer. Or last one is children on the cream corn. It's comfortable and it's soft, but it still feels gross. That's a good one. Yeah, that, I think I would pick that That's one. That's the one you go for? Yeah, I do like those that. are the best children. Have you ever sat uh, in cream corn? Sat inside of it? No, just sat on it. Have you ever spilled Sat cream? on top of it? Yeah. Cream corn? I have not had that uh, experience. <laughs> it's, it does feel comfortable. I mean, it's... How do you sit on goes, top of cream corn? You just spill a bunch of cream corn on the ground and sit on it. I don't know why. How high do you stack it? It's not a stackable... Is it a three-ply stacker? It's not a stackable stack it? You could stack it. It's more of a piling thing. You can have a pile of cream corn, but if you stack it, it is just going to... But how do you keep it uh, in the same area where it'll just be right under your, your tush there? I mean, how do you... Doesn't it you spread put out? You it in a kiddie pool? Jesus. I'm going to spell it out for you? What so do you, you think you do as an adult with a kiddie pool? You either let your kids swim in it or you fill it with cream corn and sit, and or sit on top of it. other substances and sit... Yeah, don't sit you on, sink in? To the cream corn? Yeah. Yeah, but you still are on top of it. I think it's all around you at that point. I don't think so. If you sit in cream corn, especially in a kiddie pool, there will always be cream corn underneath of you. 
There's no way that your, your bottom will sink so far to the ground that it will push all the cream corn away so that you are not on top of any cream corn. You know, I don't even know why I'm arguing with you about this. You've never like... fucking sat on cream corn. I have. Case closed. I know. Your Honor, I rest my case. How, how am I supposed to try to sit on cream corn if I don't know what to expect? You just sit on it. Look, we've had this argument so many times. I'm tired of talking you're right, about this. You're right. You're right. God. I'm sorry. Triple banger lightning, lightning round. round. Question, Question number three. three. Question three. The fight Gandhi would have been most likely to engage in. A pillow fight? Fight against plaque? Or the fight for his right to party? I think fight against plaque would be my first guess. Because I'm sure he was fairly hygienic. Or wait, maybe he didn't shower or anything. I don't think he did. Because he just did a sitting thing, right? Because I think he seemed unwilling to fight against Plaque. Do you think in the beginning... I think, he'd, I think he'd be willing to do a pillow fight. You do? Yeah. I think any type of violence he wouldn't... So I think he might... I'd like him to fight for his right to party. <laughs> I do want to ask, do you think in the beginning of his sort of non-violent sitting and not eating protest... Some of his friends and stuff just thought he was kind of being a stubborn little asshole, you know? They're like, will you eat something? We made all this food, and you haven't gotten up at all. You're just being lazy and obstinate. Yeah, they probably, they, he's probably had a little pool of cream corn he was sitting in, and they were like, dude, you can't sit on top of it forever. I feel like if he was sitting in cream corn, uh, even more social justice would have been achieved. Because he could have sat there for longer, because it's so... Sitting on cream corn... It's, it's like sitting on one of those airplane pillows with the tiny micro, you know, styrofoam balls, but it's much, much warmer and much softer. I can't recommend it enough. If any message comes out of today's show, uh, if, you, if you have anything you can take home with you, uh, it's sit on some cream corn. Sit That's on some cream message. corn or sit around it. I'm, you know what? I, I meant to say sit within it. But I'll double back and justify and say sit around it. Put some cream corn in the center of the living room and take a seat at every area around it. Get a bunch of friends and play duck, duck, corn. And hey, 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 hey. <laughs> no bib required. Triple banger lightning, lightning round, round auxiliary it's style. Auxiliary round. Auxiliary round. Hey. Auxiliary. Triple banger auxiliary round. <laughs> that wasn't bad. More effective form of torture. Giving someone with a loose tooth a biscotti or letting someone with eyesight look at Nancy Grace. The Nancy Grace option, obviously. Although I would love if Nancy Grace had a loose tooth and you just made her eat biscotti for hours and hours on end. How does biscotti exist? Do they have it in Nebraska? It's, it just seems like it's something geologists should be studying. It's not... It's, it's, it's so hardest, hard. It's, it's like bread that has been stale neglected for years. for yeah. months. It's just like, neglected bread, really. I also like somebody said, you go, do you have it in Nebraska? And one woman was like, yes. Like, of course. What do you think we are? The home of the largest woolly mammoth bone? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, biscotti to me, I think the whole point of biscotti is to dip it in the coffee to okay. make it soft. Yeah. But why not just begin with soft Why not bread? just have it be soft? Would you say that scones are biscotti's little bitch? <laughs> I think... You think that's, that's a true statement? That is a pretty tough one. I mean, I would think biscotti is scones bitch because biscotti wants Who to be... Who is whose bitch? Well, biscotti bis- or scones? Biscotti wants to be a scone, just like a biscuit. Basically, a biscuit wishes it was more like a scone, and biscotti wishes it was more like a biscuit, but knows that it never will be a biscuit. So it will settle on the idea of being a scone. So scones to me are the. I don't. Scones to me are. They're the king of the hill. I, I mean, think they all want to be muffins. I think they all have muffin envy. I feel like muffins. I are think in a biscotti has muffin envy. I, I feel like I'm going to say scones because in fact, a biscuit has muffin envy, envy too. You think everything wants to be a muffin? Everything wants to be a muffin, and they'd all yeah, and then they'd all want to move up to brownie if they could. Let me put it this and way: then a pot full oh, of and brownie. They have excellent brownies here. You guys should eat brownies, and also I encourage you. It is Sunday, so let's kick a few back. And talk about scones for too long. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. I think that scones are superior to muffins. And I know that seems fucking insane to you. All of you. That is an I, outrage. I, it, I mean, it is. I'm, it's outrageous to say. But I think scones have what... Because sometimes you want a biscuit. It's just true. You're not going to eat a muffin with a fucking fried chicken meal. It's just not going to happen. Okay. It would be so weird... Can you imagine me eating fried chicken and then taking a bite out of a blueberry muffin? You would leave my house. You really would. And I don't even have a house. I have an apartment. So you would say that it's a house as you were leaving. It would all be very confusing. But a scone... I picture you sitting in an ice castle on top of a, a with, cr- some cream corn. With just the sweetest cold Eating scone. fried chicken and then biting into a blueberry muffin. That's what I'm picturing. Well, it, and that's true, and all of it would be cold, you know? Cold, chicken's good cold, too, and that's... If you're in an ice castle, you're eating cold chicken. Chicken uh, is a, a dish served best cold. I don't think that's oh, true. was that the phrase? Oh, no, it was... It was revenge. It was revenge. Revenge is a, yeah, it was a dish chicken. best served chicken. with biscuits. Yeah. I think it's how that goes. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yes, that's what it was. Um, no, I mean, I think... But a scone... It's just more versatile, you know? I mean, you can have it for breakfast. I could see somebody having a certain type of scone. You know, they have cheesy scones. I've never ordered a scone or a biscotti. Have you? In your life? Never. You've never had a scone? No. So you've, I've had a bite so of my just, wife's scone. Let me back up here. You've never sat in cream corn. <laughs> Ladies, never, take a break. Fellas, you know what I'm talking about. So you've never sat in cream corn and you've never ordered a scone. Never take a bite of your wife's scone? Huh? No. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that you're arguing so strongly for things that you don't know that much about. That's been pretty much the whole show. That's true. Yeah. The podcast for the most part is us talking about things that are nonsense, getting very upset with one another about it. And then moving on to the yeah. next thing. A lot of people don't realize after every show, uh, we have a pillow fight. Which helps to fight uh, plaque because we'll put toothpaste on the pillows. Well, and we're usually naked because we, you know, we, we do the strip sections, strip segments. 
we'll edit that even, part out. I'm not even going to touch that one. We'll have to edit that part out. Let's move it along to where were you? Uh, yes, where were you? Where were you? So where were you, Cash? You know, I was home. I, uh, something interesting happened I've been waiting to tell you about. Uh, my, uh, my one-year-old son, uh, Wynn, uh, my wife wasn't keeping too close of an eye on him, and he drank, some, um, he, he drank some hand sanitizer, just a little bit. And she called, the, uh, uh, she, she called the poison control people, and they said, well, just keep an eye on him. Uh, you know, if he looks like he's stumbling a little bit... Uh, you know, if he if he's if he's sort of you know if he looks like he he looks a little drunk, uh, maybe you should bring him in, but keep an eye on him. And she said, "Well, he, you know, he, he he's always stumbling. Uh, he's one." And they said, "Well, well, just you know, when he's talking, just make sure he's sort of pronunciating uh, his words. You know, he's not you know slurring his words." And she said, "Well, you know, he's uh, uh, he's one. Uh, he's slurring his words." And she was freaking out. And this is a true story. She came over to me. And she goes, because uh, apparently there's a lot of uh, liquor, uh, 67% liquor and hand sanitizer. She was freaking out. And she came over to me. And Not she, alcohol. Yeah. Liquor. Liquor. Hard liquor. There's, there's liqueur yes. in there. It's, it's yeah. barley corn it's whiskey. <laughs> it's actually doers. And, uh, it's a blended Purell. <laughs> so she came over to me and she goes, I'm freaking out. Should we take him to the hospital? And I go... I go, baby, it's, it's okay. Because he looked fine to me, but I go, baby, I was trying to be funny too, but I go, it's okay, it's okay. Um, you know, Wynn's godfather is uh, T.J. Miller. Uh, he can handle his alcohol. And that's true. And, uh, and, it, and she laughed, and it was the truth. She laughed a lot harder than the, uh, the, than the crowd did here. Because uh, he was perfectly fine, and I think it was because, you know, his, his godfather... Uh, can, handle, can handle his liquor. I can handle my sanitizer. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's a whole glass of just straight sanitizer right there. Yeah, I get that And liquor, it doesn't just get you drunk. It cleans you out. I get that liquor-infused sweet, sweet sanitizer. Um, no, you know that I know, uh, I know somebody that went to rehabilitation, and this is true. The, uh, they, they didn't take the hand sanitizer away in detoxification. And so when they're in detoxification, uh, somebody who was a serious alcoholic drank a bottle of hand sanitizer and died. Oh, wow. So I think a little bit is... I should have been more stressed. I don't think so. I would be more concerned about a poison control center that when you call, their answer is, just keep an eye on him, I think. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine if, like, you got bit by a snake and you called, and they're like, just keep an eye on your leg. If it starts to blow up and, and smell bad, then, you know, you'll need it amputated. But just, we here at Poison Control mostly just tell you, don't, don't stop keeping an eye on it. Like anyone's been poisoned and been like, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm just going to call Poison Control and just move on from it. Yeah, he was perfectly fine. He was perfectly fine. I do think, he, I, I don't think he drank much of it. I think she caught him right when it was happening. I mean, I think that's part of it, but... You know, it is a weird... But that's, it's a stressful thing having kids. How many by cause, uh, by a, a clause? How many uh, enjoy Santa Claus? I, <laughs> How many member by a clause and a contract? How many by... <laughs> there's a beer breaker clap. Um, it's stressful having kids because, like, we were watching videos of the kids the other day, and I was like, why is this so enjoyable watching these videos? And it's because uh, you know they're still... They made it through whatever you're watching. You don't have to be... Nervous, something happened to them. So you At like this age, they're just doing every single dangerous thing they can think of doing. They're just doing. 
If they see something that looks like it's terrifying to their parents, that's what they do. You know? Is it a like uh, drinking hand sanitizer? Yeah, but is I mean, are they drinking? So you're saying when you watch a home video, it's less about. I walked in the other day and Chance was watching Nancy Grace. That's dangerous. It's scary. Do uh, but you're saying when you watch a home video of your children, it's less about the memories and it's more about oh thank God they lived through that period of their yeah, life. Yeah, it's nerve wracking during this age because one of them is you know he, he can't talk, but he can really get into a lot of trouble. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Where were you? You were at the. Um, you've been. Uh, you're on trial right now. I am on trial. I was at the Woolly Mammoth Museum in Nebraska. This is a weird defense, by the way. Uh, you know, a lot of people to representing their friends wouldn't just do a podcast and talk about scones and cream corn to try to defend their friend. But I'm trying to get the jury on my side. I was in Sundance, Utah. Okay. Uh, which is uh, where Robert Redford lives, and. I, I wasn't with him. He just, he was around. We actually saw him driving on a motorcycle, and he looked like a real badass. He's in his 70s. If you're in your 70s and you can still pull off a motorcycle, I think you're doing okay, yeah. you know? So he That's was, true. you know, he lives there, but we were at the Sundance Resort, and I, I was with my uh, lady person, K8, and, uh, and I and She likes that. to be referred to that way. Yeah, this is my is lady person. person. Just to break things down for you, this is my lady person. She's a person, she's a lady, and she's mine. (laughs) I bought her at the lady person auction. Uh, So, you know, and it's sort of an artist colony at that hotel, which I didn't really know, um, but they they have classes every day in painting and pottery and jewelry making, all things that I enjoy not doing. Uh... For the most part, but she took a jewelry class and she said it was really cool, and so she convinced me to take a jewelry class with her, and I did. And I gotta tell you, it's pretty fucking cool. I made this ring right here, and then she made this ring, and that's it. But uh, this ring was a strip of metal, and I sanded it down, and with a hammer, hit the, the letters into it. And then, you know, buffed it. I mean, it's like making jewelry is a pretty masculine endeavor because you got to wear safety goggles. I mean, anything, anything you wear, you got to wear safety goggles, I think can be kind of macho, you know? Granted, I wear them when I'm gardening, but, you know. So I was there, and, and that's really my entire experience. There's not really an anecdote in there. It's just kind of me quietly bragging about having made jewelry. That's not something a lot of men uh, brag about. Uh, it's not something you know, a lot of men do, and I think they should. Uh, <laughs> making jewelry, yeah. Did you, did you make some for other people, or did you just make some for yourself? I made, I made one for myself. I made one for Kate, which was my practice round before I made this one. <laughs> so it's truly a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> but I found this. If somebody loves you, whatever you give them, if it comes oh, that's from right. you, they'll love it. Yeah. If they don't love you and you give them something and they don't like it, then you should leave them. Uh, so, <laughs> a couple of people are like, Haha, oh, really? Shit. <laughs> Derek, we need to talk after the pod. It's the spontaneity of the gift that people like, right? You know? And, I think that's part of it. I mean, know? it was the, the letters were all off, and I just sort of made the first two things that came to mind, which was K8 
cake and cream. So it says cake, and then there's an ampersand that says cream. And I gave it to her, and she was like, what does cake and cream mean? And that's when I realized I hadn't thought that part through. (laughs) But I always have ace in the hole. So I said, oh, it's a reference to Alice in Wonderland. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And she loved it. And I, I maintain that you can't, that's if she a, goes back and reads Alice in yeah. Wonderland and watches both of the movies, both the one from the 1930s with W.C. Fields as Humpty Dumpty, and also the Disney one, and maybe even the Johnny Depp monstrosity, <laughs> I, you know, if, if she goes through all that and comes back and says, there, I didn't hear them say cake and cream at yeah. all, all I have to do is say, well, it's, it's Alice in Wonderland, so it's implied. <laughs> so that's a practical living in the modern age. If you want to give somebody yeah. something that doesn't make sense, tell them it's a reference to Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> And if they say it, it isn't, just say, well, you're Tweedled too dumb to know. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, then it wasn't supposed to because it's not a very funny thing. <laughs> let's move it along to a, a section we like to call Essential Questions of Human Nature. Oh, and these, what do you think? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Let's do that. Essentially, this And these, that is a very long horn at the end of that. That's the first time I've ever noticed that. But that is... That's the horn sound. Uh, oh, no, absolutely. I don't know if you guys know this, but Cash has one of the most beautiful falsetto singing voices in the United States. He's won several competitions. Oh, this guy laughed right then. Yeah. Well, like, is this a upset. falsetto part? He's going to go call his 12-year-old eunuch son and say, I've got some competition for you. That was a strange time to leave. He just got up. He's like, I'm out of here. You guys are welcome to go to the bathroom whenever you want. And, we'll uh, just make fun of you. Yeah. Central question of human nature. Uh, kissing booths. Uh, where's the cop of feel booth? Yeah. <laughs> he left too. He's like, there's a cop of field booth somewhere? I'm going to go there. He did. He thought that you, you're like, where is it? Can anyone find it? He's like, well, I'll that go wasn't look actually him. my question. It was, it was the kissing booth, was that the second oldest profession? Oh, I see. So the, it's a prostitute that sort of says, eh, let's take it easy. Let's take this yeah. one dollar yeah. at a time. That was actually yeah. the original question. The, question the, the second oldest profession would be the, the uh, kiss, kissing booth. What do you think? I, I think so. <laughs> Excuse me. I was just thinking how awkward a cop of field booth would be. <laughs> Both for the people that are copying the feel, but, you know, I mean, for the woman or the guy. I mean, that's a weird one, too. If there's a guy, because the kissing booth is not gender exclusive. You know, it can be a guy or yeah. a girl in the kissing booth. Uh, but, you know, the uh, cop of feel booth, that's just a weird one. I mean, I would feel weird handing somebody a dollar, because copying a feel, from my understanding, is kind of like sneaking a little feel in. Like, when I think about it, I think of where you put your arm around the girl and then you sort of try and oh, touch her breast, yeah. which I don't think there's ever been a situation where that happens and a girl is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love this angle. I'm attracted to the surprise and the angle of just... I like just the side of my breast and the underneath to 
be touched in a way that feels like they're trying to sneak one by me, you know? <laughs> so it's a weird one. You pay the dollar, and then maybe you say, like, you know what? I decided I'm not going to well, actually okay. cop a feel. And then you just go, yeah, and then run away. How much tongue is, is appropriate for a kissing booth? Like, how much tongue do you think you can... Well, I was thinking about that, too. I don't think there are kissing booths anymore, at least from the fairs that I go to. And I go to at least probably over 200 go, county well, fairs a year. I, I don't know if a lot, of, a lot of you don't realize that TJ has a, an affliction, an addiction, really, uh, where he plays carnival games. Um, he plays, he's really lost most of his money in carnival games over the years. Yeah. He's made some of that money back giving uh, piggyback rides to people. Uh, all over the country, but it's it's hard to keep up because you play a lot of carnival games. And I don't know if you guys, I do. I've lost uh, about two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars on carnival games. Yeah, laugh it up. Yeah. It's a disease. It's yeah. an illness. Do you understand? Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I make that back. I do do. I charge for my piggies, so I'll do a piggyback. If you're looking to get a piggy after the show, it is two hundred dollars an hour. Uh, <laughs> And I do not break it down to 15-minute increments. Uh, I'll do a half an hour for, uh, um, for $100. Hold on. Yes, for $100. And uh, so you're welcome to come outside, and yeah. I'll do that. The other small rule is that I only do the piggies, you know, one way across. So I'll be doing them out there, and uh, as soon as you're done, it's like a prostitute. So if you pay a prostitute for an hour of intercourse, and then you ejaculate earlier than an hour... You don't get to wait and then use the rest of the time. That's not how that works, at least in my experience. And I've been fucking people for money since 80, never. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can, uh, you, know, you can come out. I do, I'll do them on the patio. It's $100 for half an hour, but as soon as we go the full span of the patio, uh, you're all done. So, uh, yeah, you, you charged me $50 just to go to the Conoco station. Yeah, well, I was the one who decided to keep it far away. And I think as many times as we return to that, that it will never work. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to move along. This is a a section that we just, it's just a working title uh, that we have for this section. Um, We call it Tweedalize, and uh, that's just what some people call it. Um, You know, other people have different names for it. We call it uh, Tweedalize, and uh, some people have a different. Until they think of a better name for it, this is Tweedalize. Yeah, I so mean, that's you know, other people, I don't, I don't know if there's any other names that people have for it. Um, you know, some people call it, Hey now, hey now, don't tweet it over. Hey now, hey now, don't tweet it over. Some people call it that. Um, what are some other things that people call it? Uh, well, you know, like some Michael Jackson fans, I like to go, Tweet hat, tweet hat. <laughs> favorite like you mean it favorite like you mean it uh, you know like old school classics you know, some people like the uh, tweeting in the sky with a tweeting in the sky with a um, you know those are some uh, popular ones I, that um, doesn't even sound I, you know, like Lucy at all <laughs> That's one of the things I begin to notice. Is yeah. We've gotten to a point where you don't even need it to rhyme at all. Some people call it, uh, some people like to call it, uh, I hear the secrets that you tweet. Woo-doo-doo, doo-doo, when you're tweeting in your sleep. 
that you love me. You tell me that you need me. And I know that I'm right, cause you tweet it in the night. I hear the secrets that you tweet. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop. When you're tweeting in your sleep. I hear secrets that you tweet. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. I'm gonna do a whole album album. There. <laughs> That one's a great one because I like to imagine somebody tweeting in their sleep. Like, can you imagine if somebody took Ambien or just even they tweet walk, you know? Like, they get up in the middle of the night and go over and tweet. You wake up the next morning, you're like, good God, what was I tweeting last night? <laughs> this one just says, I'm going to make a sandwich and forget about it. <laughs> we, were talking, uh, we were talking before the show, and I, I, there are people, I'm starting to... There's one that people seem to particularly like, uh, you know, uh, tweetalize a section. There's one thing that, that people seem to want it to be called. It's, uh, and it, it's gotten to the point where now I'm, I'm sort of like, feel like maybe it's like my dynamite, you know? It's like, you know, dynamite. Remember, yeah, remember the guy who said, dynamite, and he had to do it every time. Yeah, and Jay, I was like, do, I, do you think I should have to do the taking it to the tweets tonight? I mean, because it's, you know, it's becoming a real burden. It's very hard physically. Uh, I have to actually have a, a surgical procedure done after every show that I do take it to the tweets. And he has a, tracho- he has a the- tracheotomy yeah. installed and then removed after each show. It's very expensive and it doesn't really do anything either way. You know, because like, well, some of them are it. so easy. You know, better tweet, so tweet and better, Twitter and breathe. <laughs> better tweet, surrender. You know, that's really easy, but you know, taking it to the streets is really hard. So I don't think I'll ever do it again. I think I'm going to have to retire. No, no. But what? Oh, no. That was weird because it wasn't like, come on, come on, which is what I was looking for. You guys like, oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Take those goddamn cantaloupes out of your hands. The other thing is TJ hates it. He really, you should see his face when I do it. Uh, oh, they he really, will. He really hates it. I mean, it, watch. It, well, I guess I'll have to show you just a little bit of it. Are you telling me the things you want to do for me? I slam, but I don't want to look what I think I see. Take it to the twist. Take it to the twist. Take it to the twist. You don't know me, but I'm in the... My, uh... <laughs> Yeah. I will say Telling me the <laughs> I will say I think that uh well the thing that I, I do enjoy about it, because it is it's it's incredibly grating and I can't believe that people love it because I've found you know, I've, I've voiced on the, on the on Cash's podcast many, many times. And you're one of my favorite guests. Thank you, really you are. very much. And I, I feel good what I've been able to do for your career. I mean, when, when you started just being a guest on my show, I kind of, people weren't familiar with you at all. And now no, I was just like, one of those guys that was in the street that would, you know, that, you know those guys like, that have buckets and, uh, yeah. and trash cans and they're sort of playing on that? Yeah. Uh, I just had a bunch of uh, Nancy Grace faces. <laughs> That I was sort of beaten on, and I was in that uh, movie, uh, not the movie, the Broadway show, uh, Slam Slapper. 
uh, what was it called? Smush sweep. So yeah, but but you know, I I feel like at this point people might be more familiar with your work than even mine, and I'm I'm really proud that I made that happen. You know, and I don't think that's um, true. I mean, I think you know a lot of people know they obviously know the Yoda joke, the Yoda closer, and um, <laughs> yeah. which I never closed with. But you know, we'd like to, uh, you may see it later. I'm not going to force him to do it, but uh, he does. To I, do I've a got pretty a, I've funny got a, joke at the end. <laughs> I've of got every it. single set that he's ever done. Where I did it he, he one does time. an impression of Yoda. Well, you'll see. <laughs> I did it one time and I made the mistake of telling him about it and now I have to do it and all it the time. Is, it is the funniest so joke. No, it is so the terrible. funniest joke I've ever heard it's in my life. It's the most sophomoric thing I've ever... Most sophomore thing ever. I want to read one of your tweets. Um, Ooh, I got some I've been searching you. high and low for what was right in front of me the whole time. My back. That's a good tweet. That's true. That is a really good tweet. Um, so you were just looking around, and then you finally... Well, I was searching high and low, and, you know, just everywhere. And I just couldn't find my back. I just didn't know where it was. But it was right in front of me the whole time. <laughs> Here's another one. Ladies? He's written, it's written that way, too. Ladies? If you don't see me hiding under your bed, then you ain't looking. <laughs> Wait. It gets better. <laughs> or, this ain't your bed. <laughs> oh, wait, it isn't. It's mine. <laughs> so I'm going to do a one-man show where I just do TJ's tweets on the road, because they're funny. I, uh, you're, you're great. That you're, one I had forgot doing. That's a good one. But that's that funny. is true. If you don't see me under your bed, I might not even be there. <laughs> uh, okay. I like you, you wrote, uh, do you ever feel like horses are giving you dirty looks? Simple question. Yeah, that's a that's a true or false. Do you I feel ever? Like yeah. Um, I, I feel like no. I don't. They don't. It doesn't. Horses don't seem like they're really thinking a whole lot. Maybe they're thinking about how ridiculous it is that you don't know they're making fun of you. <laughs> um, I'd like to say. Uh, so this is one of Cash's. Well, let's. This is a really recent one. I just discovered my entire life has been in shuffle mode. Now that I'm aware of it, I'll enjoy a more peaceful existence. So what, is, what does that mean? You have sh- you're in shuffle mode. Well, I think, I, I, it's just, I think life, it, this is actually kind of more a serious tweet. Yeah. You know? but, I, but I think life is, we have to expect surprises almost every day to a point where if you feel like you can control, you might as well just put life in shuffle. You know, the shuffle mode on your iPod or your phone. Do you yeah. guys have... Uh, Cell phones in Nebraska. We had to explain the podcast to a lot of people this week. People that come is up true. And like, well, where can we watch it? We want to prepare. One guy yeah. that I was talking to, like, yeah. couldn't understand it in a way that was making it impossible for us to stop talking. And by that, I just mean don't, don't, like, don't. I'm not making fun of him. It was a really sad experience, I think, for both of us because he was like. So what's the thing on uh, Sunday? And I was like, it's a live podcast taping. And he's like, okay. So is it on the radio? And I was like, no, no, no. The radio is on the radio. This is a podcast. um, So you can come and you can see it. And he's like, well, what is it? Is it like radio? And I was like, yeah. It's like a short segment of talk radio that you can download 
after it's finished. And he was like, so we will be able to see it later. And I was like, no, you can hear it later on, but it's not a video thing at all. And he's like, okay, so why are you guys doing it here? And I said, I, I don't know. I, I actually, I don't That's know. That's seeming like a bad idea yeah, right from now. Your, from this interaction, I'm not sure what we were thinking. Uh, and he was like, but why do you call it a live podcast if you, you can hear it later? And I was like, because when we record it, have you heard of the Woolly Mammoth Museum? <laughs> um, Let me just finish that. The, the one thought, though, just to clarify. I, I, I was just saying that I think life is uh, constantly changing, and we just embrace, embrace that change, and uh, that's sort of like the shuffle mode on your iPod. So that's all I was trying to say. Because I think we try to, uh, often try to fight change instead of just embracing it and expecting it. I think that's true. Because life is constantly changing, whether we want it to or not. I mean, yeah, I think you're more than right about that. I wanted to ask you about this other one that you said. Uh, And this was kind of, I mean, very funny. Well, I do like this. The person who stole my identity just gave it back. Hashtag insulted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my feelings are hurt. No one ever tries to steal my identity. Uh, I I, I even have the same, like, password for everything, just hoping someone would show some interest in uh, stealing my identity. identity. (laughs) Well, I've already told you, no one's living vicariously through me, and now I can't get people to steal my money. I'm living vicariously through you. Are you really? Yeah, through your children and your family. Absolutely. That's good. That's good. You know, I I would never allow my children to be able to drink Purell hand sanitizer. (laughs) But you do, so I kind of live through you on that one. You're learning what not to do. Yeah. So... uh, so you wrote at 8.44 a.m. on June 20th, 2014. But there's, well, I guess this is a two-parter. All right, so uh, first one is uh, at 8.43 a.m. on June 20th, 2014. You say, I'm awake at 6 a.m. for radio. Ted McGillicuddy would be proud. We all heard that, radio station. Ted McGillicuddy, the rocker. Um, and then... Literally a minute later, you wrote, but there's really no excuse for you to be up this early. Go back to bed, my groggy friends. Hashtag sleep tweets. And I like that because we've been talking about tweeting in your sleep. Did, were you sort of half asleep when you tweeted these? Yes, I'm always half asleep until about uh, 2.30. Really? P.M., yeah. And then you're, and then you're, then you're half asleep again. It's in the beginning, you're yeah. still half asleep from when you were asleep. And then after 2.30, you're half asleep because you're on your way to going asleep. Yeah, I'm never really uh, awake. It's a Venn diagram. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it is. And if you don't know what that is, then we're all in Nebraska. Uh, uh, but Tiffany wrote, she replied to you, can I send this to my employer as a reason for me not to be at work? Doctor and podcast host comedian are the same thing. I am worried about Tiffany. <laughs> Let's move along to uh, Practical Living in the Modern Age In an inefficient and out-of-date way We bring you Practical Living in the Modern Age Um, This is a good one because uh, I didn't realize this about T.J. Miller um, Who I'm doing the show with today And thank you for being my guest, T.J. I'm kind of glad you got in trouble here Doing this woolly mammoth thing Well, I'm just hoping this trial Ends up with a non-guilty verdict Because... 
I didn't know this about you because we haven't worked like a lot of club weeks together, but apparently in TJ's rider, a rider is the contract you send the club about the specifications you need when you get to the club. Uh, some of them are a little weird. Uh, I guess the famous one is no green M&M's. So that's kind of the one Somebody people know did, about. I think J-Lo did that. And then uh, there was one, Ozzy Osbourne had one that he said, uh, no headless bats. He so, only, he only so, wanted bats that he could... Yeah. So, TJ, I didn't know this about you, but TJ, uh, his writer, only says a couple things. It says, I need food and drink or something like that. Well, it used to be I asked for a terrible turkey sandwich. Uh, and, and then in a parenthetical, it said, you know, that's open to interpretation. And, uh, but that started to get hard. Some people would say, like, well, I didn't have time to get a turkey sandwich, so we got you this ham sandwich. And I would say, well, that's a pretty terrible turkey sandwich. Uh, <laughs> Which is a true story. And then now it's been changed to give me the food that is famous or most well-known in the region. And I found that a lot of comedy clubs, uh, it turns out that their food is incredibly famous (laughs) in the region. So that's one of the things. Yeah. And then then this is the one that I was surprised at when I walked into the green room. Apparently, uh, every week, uh, TJ demands and requires for him to perform a, a piñata. It's and actually, it's a piñata or a hand-drawn picture of a piñata, and they can choose. But a lot of great clubs actually do give me a piñata. And it's the truth, because I remember in Wisconsin, I didn't realize it was in your rider, but I just thought it was a coincidence. There was a, a, a piñata, and TJ attacked it uh, with his head after the show. And I just thought it was a weird sort of thing that was happening. But then I walked in the green room this week, and there's a piñata. Let's uh, bring it up on stage. There's a piñata here uh, for TJ. And... Uh, and, uh, I don't know about the other thing, what, yeah, what no, that that's is. Right, that's right. Yeah. So this is a piñata, and Colleen, who owns the club, and give it a round of applause for your staff. <laughs> Remember, it is a 420. Yeah, I'll take those. I'll take those. It is a 420 show, and I know it's the afternoon, but you guys have been awesome, and you're drinking. And I actually wanted to encourage everybody, can you guys bring me a, a shot of uh, whiskey? And uh, if any of you would like to order a shot, uh, I am going to do a very special toast at the end uh, that you can all join me with in. Join in with me. Don't join me with it. That's a weird thing. Uh, you know, both of us say a lot of things that we, our brains wanted us to say something else, but our mouths tend to display something else. S- sorry, splendid to stay something else. That's what I meant to say. Splendid to stay something elf, which is also the name of my unauthorized autobiography. <laughs> so I'm excited for you guys to read that. <laughs> if I was the kind of guy that made fun of you when you messed up a word, I, I would be an awesome I, guy. I, 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 w- I really believe that. I would have done it uh, right then. So, so this is the piñata, and you, you had an idea before the show. Well, you I thought- love it. So they sometimes do give me actual piñatas, and if you can see, this is a real... And here they, they put the rider on the back... Uh, you know, I like that the first thing on my writer is because writers are mostly hey, just a it. form. Yeah, here you can read it. Okay, here's here's TJ's writer. It says, uh, um, "Dressing room, purchaser to furnish one clean, well lit, well ventilated, capable of being locked star dressing room with full length mirror for exclusive use of artist." So there's first of all, there's no mirror anywhere in any of the green rooms in the United States. Not for comedians. Second of all, it is not a private dressing room in any way, shape, or form. Earlier, Cash yeah. and I were in there, and before we knew it, we were inside of one another. 
it's a very small it was that room. Small. Yeah, uh, and then it's smaller than an igloo. It's a very, it makes an igloo seem spacious, but it is. It's very well ventilated. My favorite part about that, because these are form letters for the most part, everybody has similar writers, is the well lit. Yeah, I think that's so weird. It's just like, don't give me one of those sort of dimly mood lit green rooms. Otherwise, I might be okay. able to. Have so, a, B, purchaser, go home. <laughs> purchaser shall provide an adequate quantity of diet soda. Tea, coffee, milk, sugar, etc. Full bar setup with complete snacks and sandwiches. What? There's no full bar back there. No, nothing. That would be incredible. Imagine how big the a green full room bar would... in the green room. Can you imagine how big the green room would have to be to have a full bar, just like hundreds? Because sometimes I get yeah. in there and I'm like, I'm going to make a Midori fuzzy navel lime squeezer. Yeah. So. And I got to have all the accoutrement. What is the etc.? Yeah. Well, first well, of all, who's drinking milk? I got to have a lot of milk before a show. They, I have three or four cool but, glasses of milk, and then when I get off stage, I drink a good warm glass of milk. Instead of a full bar to accommodate TJ, they, they laid out some uh, hand sanitizer. Which I drank promptly, and the poison control people said, keep an eye on your phone, because people sometimes steal phones. Uh, so the, yeah. C, food that the state city where the performance is being held is known for. So you want some of the food that, that the, uh, that the state know, is known for. This, this is a very famous... These are you can you can get them at the club. And it's we the only that, place you can get these. We hope that those some, are called uh, uh, pretzels. Pretzel sticks. And this is the only uh, city you can get those. Um, and we, you can order these. We hope that some of you stay for our show uh, tonight after the podcast. But these are pretzel sticks, uh, and yeah, they they're very famous here, and you can buy them here. And so we got scones or pretzels, little bitch. That's not true. Everybody is a scones bitch. <laughs> I really believe that, you guys. Pretzels are good, but scones are more versatile. What do you want in your breakfast foods? Versatility or deliciousness? I rest my case. You're not the one. Uh, you, you are the one on trial here. Nice. Uh, one pinata and a picture of a pinata hand-drawn. So here it is. It's or. Is this an and? Uh, or, yeah. Whew. And or. <laughs> You almost what? fucked up my entire reality. <laughs> <laughs> so what I thought was, Colleen made this, and it's a mushroom uh, from Super Mario Brothers. Uh, not, a, not a reference to the drug mushrooms. Uh, and she put little pictures of me in each of these little white areas, which if you were on mushrooms and you saw this, you'd fucking freak out. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being like, little me's in all the holes? That's, you know what that is? That's from Alice in Wonderland. That's from, did you say Wallace in Wonderland? I said Alice in Wonderland. Wallace in Wonderland is when you watch a really impressive copy of Alice in Wonderland. You're like, wow. Yeah. Wow, it's Alice in Wonderland. And it has the little go big red thing. So what I thought we would do is uh, invite somebody up from the audience uh, to hit and destroy this pinata um, before we move on from here. Can we yeah, do that now? Yeah, let's do it. Because we want to do as many visual things on our podcast as we can. Those of you at home ought to know exactly what's happening. Um, so, so we need I, a volunteer. Well, here's what I think we should do oh, is okay. ask a piece of trivia about the podcast. And okay. whoever can answer okay. it can come on up. Okay. 
In what episode? Or, actually, let's do it this way. In which episode was T.J. Miller a guest? No, I mean, you have to name all of them. Can anybody name all the different episodes that I was in? There's somebody back there, I think. Yeah. Wait, there's a guy raising his hand back there. Is that true? No. Okay. But it was a good guess. Come on up here, you old son of a bitch. Take, seriously, take your time. Don't worry about it. And, uh, what's your name? Alex. Alex. Everybody give Alex one more. Alex is coming to the stage. And we will... Um, someone... There's an artist uh, actually doing uh, pictures of every... 20 seconds of this podcast so you'll be able to this will be like a cartoon segment and he's up here okay, so here and he's doing the do. so and actually I feel like a dick but I think because I'm not that much more tall than you it's weird if I hold <laughs> so um, why don't you so that? Alex is going to try to um, beat up on the pinata with a, a pretzel yes so well that's I was going to reveal that oh uh, <laughs> I ruined that part. So the only thing we really have to hit it with is this. <laughs> but this is a very, this is a famous food from the region. So you're really going to go... This is a Nebraska pretzel. While you're doing it, I'm going to be lifting it up and down like that. You know, like that sort of. Uh, all right, so let's give it. Ready, everybody? So let's cheer Alex on. Ready? Oh, God. Oh, boy. Alex knocked it down. Okay, hold on, hold on. That's our kick! This is your last for Alex um, now if you aren't watching at home if you were just listening to that uh, fuck you you should have come sick of trying to describe this shit to you uh, let me, you should let come me, to the shows more often something flew out it was a oh Fonz this is a Fonz mug the Fonz that is awesome and uh, go Big Red by the way we want to say that for all you Nebraskans um the uh, Colleen, again, our favorite uh, club owner in the United States, uh, did uh, put that pinata together so you can thank her on the way out. She was the lovely one who had all of us come in. She was at the podium. And, uh, you know, she's the type of woman where I think there was some candy in there. But there was also a Fonz mug. And this is some tropical emergency, <laughs> which I know kids love that because they just swallow it right down. Uh, I don't usually do this, but... Uh, I do do it all the time. I'm, no, no. Uh, I'm sure you thought I was just going to chug this thing, didn't you? Well, I got news for you, sister. I'm not disgusting. So I'm going to put it in my shot. Here you go. Like that. So it's a vitamin C with a shot. So it's sort of the, you know, it's healthy and it's also... Uh, it's bubbling in a way that it, yeah. I've never seen before. It's like it's not supposed to do that. What if it just boiled over? I mean, it might, to be honest with you. 
That was exciting. That, that was uh, that, that was, was really, really good. Fun. One more Thank time you. for Alex. Come on. Thanks, one more Alex. Time. For, thanks for. We're gonna um, we're gonna finish things up with uh, with a live maskers. And before yeah, and, before uh, we do that, now I, I just want to yeah. if I say yeah. uh, okay. Um, so maskers is a section <clears throat> that uh, is ask the masters, and it doesn't have anything to do uh, with masks. And so if you ask a fucking question about masks, it's not funny, okay? You know, I'm talking to you, keep calm and buy another shirt that has that fucking stupid English phrase on it. What does that say? Keep calm and chive on? What the fuck does that mean? I've seen that all over the country. It makes me just feel like lots of people are like, it's like literally a weird conformist thing where people are like, I don't know what that means, but everybody's wearing it. Should I also wear it? Do you know what it means? What does that mean? Keep calm and chive on. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so do not ask any questions about masks. I, don't tweet us about it. Just don't do it. Um, but before we start on maskers, which is the last section, I just wanted to raise a glass, and I hope you'll join me, uh, not only to the Funny Bone in Omaha and Colleen and all the staff that she should tip over 20%, because damned if this wasn't the most fun that I've had on a Sunday afternoon. I don't know if you guys agree. But uh, we also just want to thank you guys for both listening, for uh, being fans of the podcast, for coming to a live one. And those of you that have never seen the podcast... Those, those of you, I realize this is a longer toast, but uh, those of you that have never heard the podcast, hopefully you had a fun time and you will uh, start listening from here on out. So uh, with one big shy shy on the count of three, uh, thank you guys all for coming. Let's hear you yell it. One, two, three. Dishai shy. <laughs> oh, man. That was the worst decision I've ever made. <laughs> Maskers. Um, oh. Got some. Uh, are you okay, buddy? Yeah. Like 85% of superheroes, this is Maskers. And then let's all, let's all hang out after the show. Uh, where are we going after the show? Should we go over to Bucky's? We were going to go to a, we were gonna go to a Chipotle parking lot. That's exactly right. But um, first of all, they're fucking way too small. Uh, and second of all, I haven't seen a Chipotle since I've you know gotten what? here. I went to Noodles and Company and applied uh, to be a, one of the company CEOs. And they told me that it's actually not even a company at all. It's just the name of it, and it's just Noodles, and they didn't want to call it just Noodles. And I said, why didn't you call it Noodle Company? And they kicked me out. I mean, they, I was ejected from the establishment, and I didn't even get to finish my macaroni and cheese. But I'm happy that I didn't because, again, if you join us for the show after this, um, the mac and cheese, I'm not joking, here at the club. The food, first of all, at the club is amazing. It's like got one of the best steaks I've ever had in Nebraska. It is they the have, best steak. And they have great scones. Really? With the scones again? Uh, but with the macaroni and cheese, it is the best macaroni and cheese you can get in Nebraska. So those two things alone are worth uh, coming to the club and uh, eating. So if you can't join us tonight after the show, come back because they have great comedy every single week here, except the weeks where they bring in uh, <clears throat> Nancy Grace, <laughs> who has been performing stand-up more often than I'd like to, yeah. than I care for. Yeah, that's it's it's. I don't know why she started doing stand-up, but um, she did, and in fact. 
I think it's because whenever she sit down, sits down, somebody tries to feed her a dog bone. Yeah, in, in fact... In fact, Zach... Oh, what? oh, I'm sorry. You ever seen her on fucking television? Now, listen, listen. You ever hear yelling at people? Be careful for your children. The world is full of killers. Listen, Zach, Zach Williams... I'd like to stuff a fucking log of shit into her mouth. <laughs> and then make her recite the alphabet... Um, and then when she gets to you, I'll stop and say, you, you, you are a piece of shit. Uh, Zach Williams writes, Nancy Grace's face looks like the face of someone who is allergic to shellfish right after they eat shellfish. That's true. It also looks like shellfish. <laughs> Haven't you ever looked at Nancy Grace and been like, good God, that woman has a mollusk on her face. They're like, no, that's Nancy Grace, which also any- rhymes. That's a poem that I wrote. Good God, that woman has a mollusk on her face. Oh, no, wait, that's Nancy Grace. Do a Nancy Grace haiku. Can you do one? Yeah. Okay. Nancy Grace, what did happen? <laughs> Nancy, 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 you piece of... You know what, Nancy? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) I want everybody to ignore that happen has two syllables because the way I say it, happen. (laughs) It's like Captain Crunch. (laughs) Did you happen to munch some Captain Crunch? Do we uh, have any uh, live maskers here? Does anybody have any questions? Maybe we have a question. It can be an, you can ask us. We are masters of almost every single trade yeah, and we, subject. You know, every answer to so every you question. You can really ask us anything, something about your life, something about a question you've always had, uh, how many miles per gallon uh, any type of car model or make has. Yeah, in particular a Nissan Juke. Which you is, can find out how many miles per gallon that has. And that's one of the only cars that when you tell people what it is, they think that you're using a racial slur. Uh, I also have found that you really need to pronounce jewelry uh, when you talk about making jewelry. Because uh, you can get in some trouble if it sounds like you're saying I'm making jewelry. Uh, there's a guy, I think, right? Yeah, right there. How you doing? Good. Great. Oh, God. You know what? Let's put a pin in that question. But I got to say, I want to see the answer to that. Sorry, hear the answer to that. Um, Yeah, we'll come back to that certainly Uh. at the end because, I don't know, something about that tells me that the answer to that question is going to be a great closer. I think it's funny. I, speaking of Star Wars, though, I, I do think it's funny when you know you're at a, like a nerdist party. You know, our our, our uh, shows on the Nerdist Network, and people will be like, "I'm an." I'll, I'll say, "Why do you feel like you're a nerd?" Because most of the nerds supposedly, and they're very attractive nerds, and they seem like very athletic. And they'll say, "I was a huge Star Wars fan, so you know, I'm a nerd." And it'll be like, "Yeah, Star Wars was one of the most popular movies of all time." Right? Yeah, it really I mean, is. I weird... mean, it was it ran in the theaters for longer than anything else. But now, if people like Star Wars, you're like nerd. But Star yeah. Trek to me is so much nerdier. Right. Like I think if you like Star Wars, you're cool. And if you like Star Trek, 
You're fucking Nancy Grace. I'm sure there are some people in here that do like Star Trek, and we can never be friends. Uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> All right, go on. Next question. Yes. So, how did uh, Mark Wahlberg grow out in the Transformers movie? In the Transformers movie? So, the question was uh, how did Mark Wahlberg beat TJ out <laughs> in the, for, the main uh, for the main role in the Transformers like, movie? The, I don't know if you know the lady that's next to you. We, I don't think... Whoa, hey, whoa. There's a, there's a bunch of things wrong with what you just did. We'll start with, you don't get to piggyback on somebody else's question. It also is weird how hard she laughed at your question. Do you know her or no? That's super weird. Uh, and then also, never reveal a plot to a movie in public ever, 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 ever. Uh, but that's okay, because I think a lot of people didn't hear it. You certainly didn't yell it out. Uh, um, so I'll just answer the first question. Um, so why did Mark Wahlberg beat me out for the lead role? And My, I, now I, I've, I've been told you, you actually arm wrestled for the role. Is that correct? No. <laughs> but I did tell you that one night when I wanted to fuck with you. <laughs> um, no, but you know, Cash actually snuck on to the set of... Uh, uh, of uh, what is it? Transformers. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's really interesting because he's a sneaking artist. So he's snuck right. in. That's right. To I think you've snuck into how many major sporting events? I've hundreds. snuck into hundreds of uh, you know I've snuck into uh, four or five Super Bowls. I've snuck into uh, NBA Finals. Uh, hundreds hundreds say, of concerts. What do you think is the key to sneaking in? Because he'll just I mean he literally never pays. For a ticket, he'll sneak right in. Yeah, um, well, every, every sneak in is different. Uh, you know, one of the keys is just showing confidence, nodding your head, smiling, and walking past the ticket taker. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you guys try that. But you do, uh, you have to have a lot of confidence. You have to have confidence, and, and I just do it for fun. Uh, you know, I do it with my friends. I once snuck into uh, Barry Manilow uh, eight different ways the same night. So that means uh, that the concert see. was so boring that yeah, you like, No, we were just doing it for the fun of it. Um, <laughs> I, the I VIP don't... entrance is a weakness to any uh, facility. Really? Uh, outdoor venues are quite easy. There's always, you know... Why um, is the VIP entrance... A... Uh, because they don't want to... Uh, they don't want to... They don't know if you're a VIP or not, and they don't want to insult you. So you can walk into a VIP entrance, and if they say, can I see your ticket, sir? You can go, he just showed it to you! And just point to the person you in front of you. You want to say it a, exactly say it really, in that voice, yeah. You want to go falsetto if you can? He just showed it to you! <laughs> and then they will just go, oh, sorry, sir, and they'll apologize. So that's one way to do it. Okay, in fact, so, we'll do a group sneak in. Although I can only sneak about four people into a place. I once tried to sneak uh, 12 people into a, a Grateful Dead concert, and it was a logistical nightmare. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I could look down the fence and see people just being picked off the fence just by different security. It was I terrible. Mean, I can see that. But uh, he did sneak onto the set of Transformers, and the reason he snuck on was because I, first of all, Michael Bay is a psychological terrorist, and uh, <laughs> is very, very insane, uh, although I love him to death, and I always have a good time when I go hang out at his home. Uh, he, he did not want anybody coming on the set because uh, it's such a secretive thing. Uh, you know, the plot is very important and they don't want anyone to find out <laughs> what sorts of things happen throughout the movie, especially surprising things. Um, 
But, you know, no one is allowed to come on there. So Cash was at the trailer because we were doing podcasts. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I said, look, wait here and I'll go and try and finagle uh, some way to get you on. And I was talking to somebody and I said, well, you know, he's, he's an acting coach of mine. And so I need him to be here because it's a big scene for me. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the film, but there are no big scenes for me for the most part. I just the whole time I'm like, ah, ah, we got to get out of here. Uh, or I'm just drunk. Uh, that's really the extent of the performance. Um, but I, as I was, so I said, he's my acting coach. He's also like helping with some other stuff. He's having a tough time with his family. And they're like, no, no, absolutely not. No. And uh, I was like, oh, it's such a bummer. Well, I got to send somebody to go tell Cash that's not going to happen. I turn around and I swear to God, Cash is just like chilling against the wall watching production. He's like, hey, TJ, how you doing? <laughs> and I was like, good. And they were like, who's that? And I was like, no, I don't know. And they're like, okay, well, make sure your friend, he can't come up here. And I was like, absolutely. And I look over and Cash goes, it's me. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, any other maskers? Maskers? Oh, I didn't yeah. even answer that one. Uh, so I did not go out for the role of Mark Wahlberg. Uh, that had already been promised to Mark Wahlberg. Um, no, I mean, you know, I, I'm surprised and confused why I'm in that film. To be honest with you, I did another film called Search Party, which was my first R-rated comedy that I was starring in, and it was supposed to be released uh, by Universal in September, but they've dropped it from their slate. And in the when we were deciding, you know, when I was deciding if I was going to do that movie or or what, they kept asking me, "Will you uh, will you audition for Transformers?" And I said, "No, uh, I'm not going to be in Transformers 4. I was already in Yogi Bear 3D." <laughs> So I don't need to be in another ironic film, uh, especially when Yogi Bear 3D did end up being uh, the greatest talking bear comedy in American cinema. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. We have one back here. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. So, uh, um, so I said no, and they said, "Well, they really kind of want you to audition for it." And I said, "Look, I'm not going to do that." Then about a week later, I guess they'd seen some other people, and they're like, they really like you to come in. I was like, okay, I mean, I, I'm not going to do the film, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go in on it, I guess. And they're like, I was like, just send me the sides. And they said, we don't send the sides. Somebody comes there and brings the sides, and then they wait outside your door while you read them, and then they take them back. And I said, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And also, I feel incredibly sorry for that person. Because that's their job. They're like, I work at Hollywood at a family reunion, and their uncle's like, really? What do you do? And he's like, well, I, I take the part of the script to the actor's house, and then I wait until they're done reading it, and then I, I go back. So it's working out pretty well for me. <laughs> uh, and I, so it was funny, too, because they had no sense of humor about it. They were like, we're going to send the sides over, and you got to give them right back. And I was like, cool. Uh, I do work at a Kinko's, so just bring it... <laughs> To the back of the Kinkos, I'll be around photocopiers. You'll you'll see me when you see me. Uh, and they didn't think that was funny at all. Uh, but then I auditioned for it, and uh, I just went on tape, and I was like, okay, so what happens now? Do I go and audition in front of Michael Bay? And they're like, no, he's in Miami. He might just book you off of the tape. This may be the easiest job you've ever gotten. And I was like, yeah, right. And I remember leaving and being like, fuck, I think I'm going to be in Transformers. <laughs> And then I was, and now I am, and 
It was a very terrible experience. It was, I'm really happy to be in it. I'm lucky to be in a film like that because a lot of people see it and hopefully I get some laughs and make some people laugh in the theater. But uh, it is not an easy thing to run alongside of Mark Wahlberg. I think that's why he got the job because he runs so fast and I was, I was being held to that standard. I don't think that's fair because Mark Wahlberg was in Fighter. You know, he was in Shooter. You know, he was in Lone Survivor. I was recently at a Hardee's. Do we have one more about... Yeah. The question was, did uh, Jamie Kennedy and Jim Carrey use the same masks? Uh Uh-oh. You might... I think you're about to see Mark Wahlberg... I transform into Bumblebee but not the transformer the car and you guys are like that's not scary at all and I'm out of gas so Cash has to push me to the Conoco it's not about fucking masks man okay (laughs) any others okay we have a couple here who was it Jim Carrey and who was the other person uh, Jamie Kennedy, because he was in another version of that. Jamie uh, Kennedy was in a movie about masks. Mm-hmm. What was it called? No, no, I want to know from the guy that just fucked all of us over. <laughs> what was the name of the film? Son of the Mask. I think it sounds so much like you're making that up. It sounded like you said Sound of the Mask, which is actually a pretty good film. Have you guys seen that? What was it? It's Sound of the Mask. Sound it's of just, the Mask. Salty about, Butterface. Yes. It's, it's all about what it sounds like when you put on a mask, which is just like, that's it. <laughs> Any other live maskers? Any other live maskers? Okay. This and is also, your chance, guys. Yeah. We have uh, one from Mike McMillian. How should I respond when interrupted by a coworker? Rude. <laughs> Hashtag rude. I mean, I, when interrupted by a coworker, yeah. um, you know, I think if somebody interrupts you while you're talking and it's a coworker, you go, ah, 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 keep it at the workplace. I think because that doesn't make any sense, but it'll shut somebody up real yeah. quick. Or you could be more demonstrative, just go, enough. I think that's a good one. That's kind of has a little bit of Yoda in it. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> All right, wait, wait, what, do we have any others before we answer the original maskers question? Questions there are for us? No? Okay, uh, so Thank yeah, coming, I, I'm guys. as eager to hear... Uh, with, I'm sorry, can you just give me your name again? Eric. And Eric, could you just repeat your maskers? Well, what do those arguments sound like? They sound like a mask. The sound of the mask. I'd love to hear these arguments first. Just so I know how to answer the question. Like, do, what, do you guys really sit around and talk about how Yoda would sound having an orgasm? Uh, well, I mean, I, I can only imagine what it might sound like. It might sound like, mm, yes. mm, the force runs strong. Mm, bring me a scone. <laughs> yes, I'll decide what to do with it. And some cream corn. 
Oh, yeah, that feels good. Rub it all over my body. Is that a woolly mammoth tusk? Are you just happy to see me? Taking it to the tweets. How does that bit end? <laughs> I think we're taking it to the tweets. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. 